When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Joe, we are back with the OC's Lonely Hearts Club band. I hope you will enjoy the show. Probably not this week. <laughs> probably though. probably uh, not the last couple weeks, my friend. It's so funny. I hit play on this episode. Uh, and it was A couple days had passed since me watching episodes 10 mm-hmm. and 11. I forgot about the Rebecca storyline for, <laughs> for a little bit. So my forget? first... I don't know. My thoughts were as soon as it started, I'm like, oh, at least Sandy remembers Valentine's Day because he certainly didn't remember his anniversary. And then Kirsten walks in and massacres the flowers and the garbage disposal. And I was like, oh, that's right, Rebecca. (laughs) Well, because she loves Valentine's Day, right? Like, this would be, this is like tantamount to, like, uh, tantamount to Seth, like, like, taking all of like chrismica and throwing it in the garbage (laughs) (laughs) it's wild and speaking of seth ryan tells seth to keep it in his pants when he's in san diego and tries to remind him that summer has a boyfriend and that boyfriend's name is zach you know your friend also named zach your friend also named Zach. your business partner yeah, your business partner. And as soon as he said that, I'm like, well, I certainly know that at this episode, Seth's going to let his dick in his pants ruin fucking everything. And uh, lo and behold, boy, did he ruin everything. But we won't get there just yet. Mm-hmm. I want to read a note that I wrote. I wrote, again, like with all these episodes, I was so bored. I wrote so few notes. But I wrote, I felt like I, I feel like I've watched this episode three times already. So little has happened. <laughs> like everything is just a snail's fucking pace. Mm-hmm. Um, now, those of you who listened last week, you may have heard that Joe accidentally spoiled for me that uh, Caleb dies at some point in the history of the OC. Uh, what he didn't spoil for me was that. Rebecca's dad was just going to fucking eat it right there on a boardwalk out of goddamn nowhere. <laughs> so does so, so does like that... not only did we get like a heart attack in the first in this the last episode, but like this guy who apparently has been battling like a terminal disease, his body just gives out because he couldn't just drink another, out. He just couldn't drink another green tea. <laughs> no, he couldn't do it, and like. So this is where I'm a little confused. There is this conversation between Sandy and Rebecca, and mm-hmm. I feel like we're not. I 
<laughs> First of all, is this a serious rap on Rebecca's dad? <laughs> like... <laughs> You're such a bitch. I love it. <laughs> Does he come back somehow? And that's um... a serious rap on <laughs> Professor Bloom. <laughs> Uh, but I'm assuming we're not at a series wrap on Rebecca yet. It sounds like Sandy's still going to fight the good fight for her, even though the whole catalyst of this is already over with, I guess, because the whole point was you need to find Rebecca before I die so that we can get my will in order. Well, he did, and that's it. I, I, I'm with but Rebecca doesn't he still need to, to? But doesn't he still need... Oh, so she's ready to go she's yeah. like hey i got my money i'm out of here and sandy's like we've got to clear your good name so that you don't have to be on the run because i'm sandy cohen who will literally skip out on my wife's valentine's day dinner to salvage a thing that no one asked me to salvage for a girl that i almost got married to 20 years ago matt i'm gonna ask you a question okay i want you to th- well before that i want you to think about who your the love of your life could be not okay. who they not who not anyone it doesn't have to be anyone you're seeing now or not seeing now just like who the person that is the love of your life okay christina ricci got it yeah <laughs> uh not surprised but i was really hoping you were gonna say like daria morgendorfer but i <laughs> was just as a no, it would be life. Jane Lane between the two of them. But <laughs> um, so okay, so think about the love of your life, right? Got and it. now think about like somebody who could have been, but is not the love of your life for whatever reason. Would you bail? <laughs> would you do the Sandy Cohen? Now put yourself in Sandy's position. Would you bail to go say goodbye? Here's my thing. No. The answer's no. And the answer's no for a couple reasons. Because this is all contrite. Like, Mm -hmm. there's... You can still say goodbye and not say goodbye while skipping out on a Valentine's Day dinner. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. Like, this is such an absurd timing situation where it's just like... I would have probably been the person who missed the opportunity to say goodbye, and it would have been a bummer for sure. But I would have been like, hey, I'm going out to dinner with the love of my life, but I do want to make sure I get back to the office afterwards to just quickly say goodbye before so-and-so leaves. And then you show up, and they're already gone, and you're like, ah, fuck, I missed my chance. Mm -hmm. That, to me, would have been the more powerful situation yeah you know what i mean like yeah. here's how i would write this show but i'm writing a show that doesn't have drama i want everybody to be happy my version of it would be that sandy and kirsten go to dinner they have a lovely dinner kirsten comes to understand the relationship that sandy has with rebecca so when they're coming home from dinner he says hey i think rebecca is going to skip town can we stop by the office so i can make sure that she hasn't yet and if she is going to, I can at least say goodbye. And then they show up and everything's gone and there's a note there. And Kirsten gives him a hug and says, I'm so sorry you didn't get to say goodbye. I know she was important to you. And we think, oh, my God, the Coens are just such a powerful They're going to be just could... fine. Yeah, they're going to be just fine. But no, instead, basically, Rebecca is probably gone or will be gone by next week. And the ramifications of this will be like playing out in the background for weeks to come 
making us question if the Coens are going to make it while simultaneously we know like yeah they're going to they're going to fucking make it they're not going to divorce the only stable normal relationship in this entire fucking show it's also dumb it's also dumb it's also like extra unnecessarily extra stuff mm-hmm. happening mm-hmm. meanwhile you know if this if this conversation's just a little bit too boring for you and you need a, you need a little bit more action in your OC, have I got a storyline for you? How do you feel about Ryan and Caleb playing a game of pool over the love of <laughs> Lindsay? Does <laughs> that, does that get you wet? Because I, <laughs> like, <laughs> Stop it. Oh God. You know, you know the extremely exciting dramatic tool that is a pool game in someone's back room? (laughs) Which, like, and then, you know, Ryan wins. Which means nothing. Ryan wins, and then Caleb's like, well, maybe that's how they do it down in Chino, boy, but... Yeah, (laughs) that's how they do it in Chino, but here's where, you know, we got money. (laughs) There are rules. (laughs) I'm like, don't be that guy. Which, like, is so funny, because God knows that if Caleb won that match, he'd be like, never see her again, and then just, like, walk away. Yeah. And be like, that's how we do it here in Newport. <laughs> so here's the, here's the thing. I love, you know, I love a good, like, weird soap opera device. Like, I, I'm all about camp. I watched, I was a fan of the remake of Kung Fu. Like, I... The, you are a strange man in that sense, yes. Yeah, but I watched, I watched the CW's Kung Fu and actually enjoyed it. Here's the thing, though. The most... The, the most cringe part of this whole, like, s- plot of the, the pool game for Lindsay's hand, <laughs> it's just, like, is when Ryan d- is magnanimous at the end and is like, you know, oh, yeah, go hang out with your dad. We can hang out tomorrow. Go see a movie. I hear the color of money is good. Yeah. The color of money has not been relevant. <laughs> In about 15 years, 15, in about, 20 at years. At that time, in about 15, 20 years. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it has not been relevant. That would be like... <laughs> Imagine the high schoolers watching this that are like, what is the color of money? What and then the they go and rent the color of money because they're like, I need to know what this great movie is that Ryan references. Yeah. And then are just bored to fucking tears. There's not a... Mo- you couldn't be like Wall Street, The Devil's Advocate. I hear The Devil's Advocate's really good. Like, yeah. there's no other, like, movie that captures the same basic vibe that you're going for that came out in the last five years. It would have been like Rounders. I, would, I hear yeah. Rounders is good. Yeah. <laughs> Dear God. I want to make something clear, by the way. I'm, I'm dogging on pool a little bit here. Okay. But I've seen, like, one of the best episodes of The Twilight Zone is an episode called A Game of Pool, and it is an incredibly made episode of The Twilight Zone. Are you familiar with this episode? I'm not. Original Twilight Zone? It's original uh, Twilight Zone. It's literally a two-man show. It's it's Jack Klugman and Jonathan Winters. And the premise is that Jack Klugman is the greatest pool shark in Chicago. Mm -hmm. And he's alone in the pool hall, and he's practicing. And he... uh, He's upset because he's widely considered one of the best pool players of all time. And he would be if it wasn't for the fact that a previous pool player by the name of Fats Brown is still beloved, but he's dead. So he'll never get to play a game against Fats to prove himself. 
Um, and then the ghost of Fats Brown comes and prompts him to play a game of pool. Mm-hmm. Um, and the stakes are essentially his soul. Oh yeah, basically, like Jesse says that if he wins, he will be acknowledged as the greatest pool player of all time. But if he loses, he forfeits his entire life. He's he's happy to die because he cannot achieve anything more anyway. And it's this intense showdown between Fats and this pool player. I'm about to spoil a, a TV show episode from 61. But the whole episode is just them playing pool intensely and like having these conversations about like what is the importance of legacy, like how it's crucial to like be the best where where Fats is like look there's a lot of negative that comes with being the best. Like and they have this back and forth as the game ends, Jesse beats Fats. And when he beats Fats, Fats thanks him for beating him. Um, and then he disappears. And then they talk about how for years after this, Jesse has been known as the greatest pool player. But when he eventually dies, he now is considered the world's greatest pool player, which means that he has to spend his eternity showing up like Fats did to challenge every player who bemoans that they're only the best because this other great player is dead and like his memory is clogging up that like he almost takes on this punishment of now you are the best. Now every person who thinks that they are better for you than you for the rest of your life, you have to prove yourself even in death. You have to come back and it's, it's so heavy. It's so well done, but it's a brilliant two man performance. And like you can use anything like you could do it with golf. You could do any sport correctly, but just Caleb and <laughs> Caleb and Ryan with very little stakes on the table playing this intense game of pool is just idiotic. It's also <laughs> like Ryan is 17. <laughs> yeah. It's like the, the kid from Chino's beating like this man of wealth and privilege who, you know, has played who refers to it as billiards, probably. Billiards. <laughs> Welcome to my billiards room. I didn't know what that was when I used to play Clue. I was so confused by what that room was. Oh, is it the room with the the room with the pool table? Why are they call it the billiards? <laughs> Meanwhile, in New Jersey. So, Marissa, what talking points do you want to hit on in this week's episode? Well, Jackie, let's talk about how the film addresses the patriarchy. Ooh, and representation of marginalized people. Ooh, ooh, and even philosophical ramifications of good versus evil and horror. We can point out the triangle boobs. Talk about the blood splatter and, oh, the practical effects. Um, and also the male gaze. My gaze at the males. hi From feminism to fangirling, the Jersey Ghouls cover all the bases of horror from a woman's perspective. New episodes are uploaded every other Sunday. Just search Jersey Ghouls to find us on social media and your favorite podcasting app. That plot line is worthless. Let's just throw this out there because, God, I forgot that they existed this episode. Uh, Episode ends with Alex and Marissa kissing on the beach. And I'm already fucking over that plot line. Mm. (laughs) But the main chunk of this episode, as far as I'm concerned, is the Seth, Summer, and Zach uh, San Diego trip where Seth just fucking botches this entire deal by being Seth Cohen, being a person whose ego just gets in his own goddamn way on a daily basis. Um, and yeah, they fuck it up. They have this great potential. And 
the guy's like, hey, man, when you guys finish high school and you actually figure this shit out, like maybe we can have a conversation. But like we're not we're not wasting. I'm not wasting energy listening to a bunch of teenagers have these like low energy squabbles at the at the business table about who owns what and what's important and what the storyline's going to be. And it's so bad. I I hate stupid shit like this. I hate watching characters fuck up their entire life it, but over something stupid. Can I be completely honest with you? What up? Fast forwarded through a lot of you that sh- just because should've. it was so cringe. I could not I could not sit through it again. <laughs> yeah. No, I had to. This was my first time. I had to just sit there and watch it fester and you had to take awful. it. Yeah. <laughs> Did it get you wet, man? <laughs> And then after Seth ruins everything, he's like, here comes Seth, Seth Cohen, knight in shining armor. He's like, you know what? I'm going to head home, but you guys you guys enjoy your Valentine's Day. Yeah, you guys go fuck. <laughs> yeah, and he disappears. And then Zach is just like, look, I get it. He's always going to be in love with you. I've just come to terms with it at this point. Which, like, you know what? I like Summer. I still like Zach. I, mm-hmm. I think that Zach might be a big, dumb, dumb dummy sometimes, but, like, Zach and Summer, way better couple than Summer and Seth ever. Like, mm-hmm. he actually cares about her. He's understanding. He's somewhat patient. Like, he's had some bad moments. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna completely ignore X Factor where like she's talking to another guy and he just like loses his goddamn mind. But in general, Zach is a way better boyfriend than Seth has ever been to Summer. Yeah. And I'm going to be real sad when they probably kill him off, too. That's my solution. I just <laughs> yes, assume that they murder. He's in the same murder. car as yeah, it's I, him and Alex, Caleb, and Lindsay. They're all in a car together. <laughs> they, it's actually, they were on that bus from the first episode of season gonna, two of Veronica Mars. I was going to say they were on the Veronica Mars bus. <laughs> They're on their way to Neptune. <laughs> They're on the way to the 09, bitch. Oh, my God. I was just like, this is so, it's all, it's all so stupid. Joe, does it get better? Is it going to get better? I, I, I honestly don't know. See, it's hard to, like, it's hard to, I don't know. Now I I'm was, just kind of like. I was really liking this until this week. <laughs> Like, well, this week that we recorded, I haven't been liking it for the last like three episodes, but I was really starting to be like, you know what? I might buy season two of the OC. This uh, this I could watch over and over again. You just need to, again, there's 11 episodes left, right? Or whatever. Yeah. How many ever many episodes left? We're halfway through. Yeah. At this rate, I might buy disc one of season two of the OC. <laughs> like, just have that one. Just relive those like couple episodes over and over again. All you really need to do is just need to go on like Apple or Amazon and buy the specific episodes that you like. And the sum total of those episodes, I believe, would be less than actually buying the season. What I need to do, here's what we need. Honestly. I think I think I'm gonna reach out to a few of our past guests. Cause I I think we need I think we need reinforcements. <laughs> I, I think we I think we need another like we need like Aaron or Matt who just like loves this shit to to come back and salvage us after these three just abysmal OC episodes. <laughs> Give us something. Something something to to look forward to. <laughs> yeah. Cuz right now I'm just like Joe, we can stop. No one's pay- no one's making us do this. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, can I talk about like my favorite visual image of yes. this of the show? It's not Seth shirtless laying in bed post-coital where you almost see the dick. Well, I mean, maybe, okay, top five favorite okay. visual images. <laughs> well, one of them is, like, the like uh, the shot with, like, Ryan in the car at the end of season one passing by Marissa. Um, okay. Or maybe, no, at the end of episode one, at the end of the, of the first episode. But, no, the, my favorite visual image is at the end of the episode... Sandy <laughs> Sandy comes home after kissing Rebecca Ugh. and saying don't go which like now I know to mean don't go because the fight's not over not like don't go because I miss you yeah and he goes and he sees Kirsten sitting at a table in what I presume is their bedroom even though it looks like they have like a full table. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like a full table in their bedroom. Look, I believe that actually. I get the feeling that uh, they, you know, they order a lot of Chinese food yes. all year round. So you need a nice table in your bedroom sometimes for that Chinese food. And they're like, what looks like they're walking toward each other and she closes the door on him. Oof. Does she ever? You know what? I'm going to take that and I'm going to take us right into music, my man, because there's, again, only two songs, not very good songs on either realm. Uh, while Seth is on the bus back home, we hear Follow by a band literally named Bang Gang, which <laughs> is an insane name. And then this final scene, as we're seeing where all of our characters' romantic lives are, uh, we hear a song by a group called Bell X1 called Eve, the apple of my eye. And I went with this one because uh, it it really works for the scene. It is mm -hmm. a good song for the scene. It is probably the only positive that I could pull out of this episode is that like it is and it ends. This episode wraps up beautifully. This episode would have wrapped up beautifully if it was all of these storylines told in one episode uh, two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, but... Like, we're finally, like I said, I think we're finally towards the end of whatever this this road of weird storylines has been. The comic book story seems to be dead. Caleb and Ryan will probably continue to duke it out, but at least, like, that seems mostly tied up. It seems like the Rebecca, Rebecca Sandy stuff is petering out. We're just starting this Alex Marissa bullshit, but... Mm. I don't know. Marissa goes through relationships like tissues, so like I'm sure Alex will be gone in a couple more episodes as well. <laughs> goes through relationships. Yeah. He's like, just come in one and throw it in the trash. <laughs> Marissa will probably get Alex drunk to the point that she gets alcohol poisoning or something, and then that'll be like, oh, Marissa, you killed Alex. This is a, this is, this, I think this happened in the last episode, but when they're like, cleaning up in the morning before she goes to take a shower and she's like wow we really like we really drank a lot <laughs> yeah like yeah you harbor girls can drink and i'm like yeah you're with Mar no marissa can throw them back like marissa's like this is uh fucking marissa, marissa is like when i read dry by augustin burroughs about him getting sober and he literally describes his apartment as like filled with doors bottles <laughs> All over. <laughs> like that's what that's marissa in that moment Ugh. also right. like the lower back tattoo like no 
All right, Joe, here we go with the final thing, though. Let's talk about something, literally anything. Just try not to do anything that's like a studio-owned movie or TV show because we are striking against these people because they're jerks. Uh, You've been doing a lot of books. I actually finally have a book that I want to talk about. It's a book that I'm pretty sure you read, but I know for a fact your co-host has read and loved, and that is The Final Girls Support Group. Oh, Um, mm -hmm. So I'm not sure if you've ever done this. I have this habit of sometimes I'll be like, I'm going to read a book um, and I'll buy a book that I've heard good things about. And like I'm reading it and I'm not I'm not feeling it in the moment, but I know I still know deep down that I'm going to like this book. So Mm -hmm. you like close it, you put it away, you try again. I tried about three times with um, Final Girl Support Group. Uh, before I was able to really like sit down and and truly read it, and uh, it went from like getting through two chapters and being like it's not hitting yet, I don't understand. To then I sat down and read it, and in two days I read the entire book. I was just like whatever whatever needed to click in my brain, it had third times the charm on it. I was like all in, loved it, such a delight want to see a movie version of it which i can't say all the time about books but like i think that there is a fun movie somewhere in this oh yeah grady hendrix writes great novels that should be movies yes uh so i i really 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 enjoyed this one so yeah if you're you're into the spooky and you're into like some fun uh fun horror filled uh, you need to know like all of your well, you don't need to, but it helps if you know all of your horror deep cuts and whatnot. It is a really, really fun read. So I highly awesome. recommend it for people to check out. Nice. I'm gonna do music. Okay. So when this episode comes out, I will have already gone. But um very soon I will be going uh, catching the last weekend of Beyonce at the SoFi Stadium in LA. Um, nice. It's her birthday weekend. I will be going with my sister, who Beyonce and her share a birthday, and my friend who lives in Chicago. So both these ladies are flying in. We're gonna go to we're gonna go to SoFi. We're gonna have a fucking good time. I have an outfit picked out. I've never dressed up for a concert <laughs> in the way that I'm dressing for this one. I love um, it. <laughs> it's going to be fun. But what? The reason why I bring this up is because my sister is not as big of a Beyonce fan as I am. And I, we saw Janet Jackson earlier this year. I made her a playlist of like Janet hits. I feel like I did a better job at making the Beyonce like required reading. And it ended up being like 70 something songs. Jesus. Okay. Um, But I'm like re-listening to it and I'm like, oh my God, she really is amazing. Like I really do love the fact that I get to, I'm gonna get to see this amazing show. And it's been a great summer for concerts. I mean, the Eras tour has been lighting up uh, social media, but like I'm so excited because I hear that the Renaissance tour, which is the show that Beyonce's doing, is just one giant dance party and I look forward to icing my knees <laughs> the next day. <laughs> well, hopefully it doesn't break your soul. Uh, you won't break my soul. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know what will break my soul? More of these white people problems here on the OC podcast. Uh, hopefully 
my soul will be fully intact. This These time white next people's week. privileges and their problems. They're breaking yes. everybody's soul. <laughs> breaking everybody around here. listening to the Geekscape Network.